Good morning. Welcome to episode four of Cast the Commute. I'm Patrick, your host, and excited to have you joining me this morning. Talk a little bit today about a couple different topics. Talk a little bit about the format of the show now that we've kind of got the first full week wrapped up, uh, what you can expect moving forward from that. Talk a little bit about sort of with my methodology for coming up with content and what you can expect to see there. Then I'm going to dig in a little bit about personal brand, both for myself and how someone uh, listening to this podcast might leverage that idea and sort of the purpose behind it, my frame of view for it. Last but not least, we're going to wrap up with a little chat on culture, Um, and that'll make more sense when I tell you about the format a little bit. So let's dig into topic number one today. What's the format of this crazy podcast? Four episodes in, what is this going to look like moving forward? So I'm sort of committing this idea, and it's worked well so far. If I can come up with great topics, which I'll explain that methodology here shortly, is to dive in and just hit this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on my commute. Build some consistency for you guys, the audience. Makes it uh, accountable for me to get out there and put some interesting content out into the world. So that's what I'm going to dig in and do. So it is Friday. This is episode four. We started this last Friday. So this will sort of be the format as we uh, jump into this thing. Going to try to keep these pretty short and sweet not bore you to tears, uh, but I do appreciate you joining us if you're listening to this right now. So a little bit for that format side of it too, where do I come up with the content ideas for this? Uh, What I kind of harken back to and I think makes sense is I'm really going to focus on sort of a, uh, I don't want to call it documenting exactly, but sort of like a post-mortem insight on what my week has looked like. So Mondays, you're probably going to find that content tends to be stuff that's more meta that I've sort of been stewing over the weekend on. Uh, Wednesdays and Fridays will be a little more of digesting sort of how my week has transpired, insights that I've kind of picked up as I'm trying to be retrospective on my week and what I've been up to both professionally and personally. So with that in mind, we dig into the first topic a little bit here, sort of jump into branding. So if you guys follow me on any of my various social media platforms, which I hope you do. You can find me at Memphis Mullins on all of those. You'll notice like yesterday, I got a chance to get out of the office a little bit and do some photography work, which I enjoy. I don't do a ton of that anymore, but uh, it's always fun when I can do that. Rented a cool lens, went out and did some photography at the city of Memphis City Hall. Uh, A lot of fun, met some cool people. But what I find interesting about that is you might ask, why am I posting pictures on social media myself standing on Main Street Mall, right? Uh, seems a little conceited, maybe, right? I felt super self-conscious doing it, but I'm sort of embracing the idea that it was an idea I had, I wanted to do it, I'm just going to do it and not worry about what other people think, right? Um, so part of this idea is I'm trying to kind of spend some time building my personal brand, and there's a couple reasons for that. Um, I don't want to become an Instagram influencer, right? I'm not trying to make a million dollars off of it. Uh, I think a lot of people have sort of ulterior motives for doing things like that. For me... I think it helps explain. I've got, I feel like I have sort of a weird job, my day job. I do a little bit of everything from marketing to communications and strategy and implementing tactics to big picture stuff. It's all over the place. It's a pretty wide ranging job. It doesn't make for a great elevator pitch when you're talking to somebody. So what I found is if I can do that through storytelling a little bit on social media, then people will start to understand a little more of what I do, what my company does. Um, and it gives you sort of a clearer picture of that. You understand me as more of a complete person. So that's everything from sort of my personal reflections on sort of improving my lifestyle when it comes to eating and drinking and exercise to this is what it looks like a a day in the life of me on the job. You know, it means me going out and photographing and meeting clients or it means me sitting in the office collaborating in meetings. 
doing social media stuff, whatever it is. Uh, but this kind of builds this idea of this personal brand around myself that, you know, I am this creative person that does sort of a wide range of things and this is what my life kind of looks like. Um, and then put that out there. The other thing that I see is kind of interesting, uh, where there's some space for that is this is just like my personal reflection on social media. I've noticed anytime a platform is sort of new, like when Twitter was new and Facebook was new, everybody was on it creating content because it was fun. It was new. People wanted to experiment and see what it was like, right? As these things have matured and sort of settled into established parts of our culture in the world, uh, what I kind of find is there's like a lot more consumers than there are content creators. I think there's always more consumers than there are content creators, but the amount of content creators has kind of gone down as people have gotten comfortable now that their feeds are populated. They can just pop in and consume and leave. And I find myself doing that a lot, especially with Twitter. Like I don't post nearly as much as I used to on Twitter. Um, I tend to just consume. I follow a lot of interesting people and uh, specifically in Memphis and that's just a, an avenue for, of uh, consumption for me. So what that means for me is I think there's a big opportunity in a lot of these spaces where they're kind of, as they've matured, they're kind of hungry for that next round of content creators to help keep those platforms fresh and more organic content creators, not the big brands creating stuff. I mean, if you notice, a lot of our feeds are now populated with ads and, and uh, sponsored content because that's filling the feed. And it is pretty targeted, so it's, you know, it can be quality stuff. I'll be honest, I click on Instagram ads a lot. Um, but I think there's an opportunity there for somebody to create your personal brand if you want to put yourself out there a little bit. I think there's space for that. Uh, it's not too crowded. I think you can get out there and, and document and show a little bit of, you know, a glimpse into your life. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm doing with that. I'm trying to build that personal brand in essence. and just demonstrate a little more of what I do, what my company does, and I think there's a net gain for everybody. Um, it'll help me form more interesting connections with people. It'll help my company uh, build better awareness with different people of what they do, because I like doing that in a more passive sense. If you understand what we do, then you'll call me if you need something, versus me having to like push people and cold call, and uh, I think brand awareness is is life. Like That's, that's value. Um, that's positive energy versus, you know, pushing hard content to people and cold calling. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to commit to doing that. And uh, hopefully it doesn't come across as conceited or self, you know, trying to be unself-aware. But uh, I just think it's a little bit interesting. If you engage with it, great. If you don't, great. I'm really not tracking the likes and metrics too much. I'm just sort of pushing it out there and letting it be. Um, and if I feel good about the content, then I feel good about it. That's it. That's sort of the criteria I need. So the third sort of topic I want to talk about today, the riff on for a little bit, is culture. And part of what came up with this topic for me is I really just broke down, like, what was the, what did my day look like yesterday? Well, my day essentially had two pieces to it. The morning I was out there doing photography in the field, you know, marketing tactics, right? Uh, my afternoon was very much like sort of a cultural afternoon in my mind. I spent a lot of time thinking about culture, interacting with people in a way that I think was positive for our culture. So, a couple pieces to this discussion are on culture, right? And, and I'm focusing on the insights here. I'm not going to get into the weeds of, you know, what my day looks like hour by hour at work. But from a professional development standpoint, like if you're trying to grow your career and you're looking for opportunities to lead, even if you're in a hierarchical organization, right? There's, to me, culture is a place where there's a lot of opportunity for people because that's not typically something that has, especially in small businesses, 
um, outside of you know the person that runs the company who's obviously responsible for everything that, that's not something that's usually in people's formal job description so there's opportunity for me in culture of anybody that wants to step up and be a champion for the kind of culture your company's trying to build you're probably going to be able to get some rope right there and show some leadership and add some value to your company so I think it's important uh, if you really believe in your company and what they're doing, it doesn't mean they've got it all figured out or their culture is perfect, but what does that culture aspire to be? And if you can help be a champion and a voice for that, that's probably going to put you in a pretty good career spot. I think it's a net gain for everybody. So I'd encourage people to look at that, um, see what organization that you're in, what kind of space there is around culture. And look, this doesn't work for every place. Some places don't think enough about it. But every, every business has a culture. People say, oh, we're going to create a culture. No, every business has a culture. It's do you have a positive culture or do you have a negative culture? Right? At A2H, we're trying to build a positive, collaborative culture across disciplines for everybody. That means a lot for me as somebody who's not an architect or an engineer right? in the core business of what we do, that we're sort of tearing down walls between those disciplines and everybody's got a voice. That doesn't mean I'm making final decisions on architecture, but it means I can have an opinion. Uh, and that's pretty important. I think that's empowering. So the other aspect of the culture piece to talk about is, if let's say you decided to do that, you're going to take my advice there and sort of lean into that. What are some ways that you can kind of be practical with that? Well, I think part of it is there's two big things that have stuck with me lately. One is the idea of the benefit of the doubt, right? Brand empathy, cultural empathy. And it's this idea for me that our brand aspires to be something, to be collaborative. We're not always collaborative, right? We don't always uh, have that mindset. So part of what I want to do is I want to give people that benefit of the doubt that, you know what, they didn't quite align with our culture in that moment, but I'm going to be empathetic around that and give them a benefit of the doubt, take the more positive high road approach to that instead of, you know, sort of dogging them for not following what we aspire to be and instead try to model that behavior I want people to be positive and inclusive and understanding so what better way to get people to on board of acting that way than to just act that way right so give people those opportunities go above and beyond to be collaborative you know that's what we're going to try to do that's what I'm going to try to push so that's a practical tip for me is like just take that empathetic approach and the benefit of the doubt like this is something simple somebody told me this I don't even remember who I can't remember the context but you, you come out of Walmart right and you see a car that's double parked and your first instinct is to get mad at that person like I can't believe that person double parked but maybe that wasn't the person that double parked maybe it was the person before them was double parked and they only had space to go right where they went but that other person left so now you don't have the context anymore so I encourage people, like, think in your mind about the context. If somebody's having a bad day, if they're being rude, if they're not being supportive, like, who knows what's going on in their personal life, in their home life? Who knows what kind of crisis they're dealing with? So just give people a little more space to be themselves and a little more room and try to be more empathetic. Just give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that goes a long way, and I think that'll pay dividends on the back end. People remember that sort of behavior. When you're having a bad day and somebody treats you with kindness and empathy, you remember that and that that comes back to play later I'm not perfect at this by any means uh, but this is what I'm striving to do so I'm trying to set myself sort of some personal goals around that the other thing on culture I was going to talk about today was 
uh, and this is really simple from a tactical standpoint, is build some rituals. And that's an easy thing to do. Like anybody can build rituals that align with your culture or what you aspire your culture to be. So for me, like in our environment where we're getting work at A2H, I'm trying to build uh, the idea of celebrating wins. So yesterday, and I can't go into details yet, and I can't wait to share what it is, but we won a pretty big, important project at work. So literally for me, building that ritual is stopping people in the hallway and giving them high fives, the people that worked on that project. So, you know, we could send in a boring email around that says, hey, we got this project, yay, we're so excited. For me, it's stopping the hallway and kind of making a scene a little bit and saying, give me a high five, way to go, we rock, right? And that makes puts a smile on people's face. Like about half the time I do something like that, the comment is like, yeah, we should high five more. You know, that's a good feeling. So it's really simple, stupid stuff, right? But it works. So make those little rituals around, for me, it's celebration, right? So that means let's, you know, let's carve a couple dollars out and throw a little, you know, parking lot party when we get a project, uh, which we're probably going to do. So just find those little moments that you can create. A moment is the word, right? Find little moments that you can create around your culture that are memorable. Those things stick with people and they'll want to emulate that later. And I think that's golden. So that's sort of what I've got for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you get a little value out of it, that it's not too too in the woods here, that you can kind of understand uh, some of the concepts and maybe you get some value out of this. Again, I'm going to make that open call. I haven't had anybody quite take me up on it yet, figure out the logistics of it. But uh, I'd love to have somebody else as a guest on this show. So if you're interested, follow me on my various social channels. That's Memphis Mullins. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I'd love to connect with you there. Uh, Thanks again for listening. This has been Episode 4 of Cast the Commute. And uh, please follow along. You can find us on pretty much every podcasting platform there is. So I'd love it if you'd follow that. Thanks, and have a great weekend.